Wow, was that some, I mean, was that some worship or what? Come on, let's give it up. Amen. Now, as we're rolling through and we're sort of revisiting our theme for the year, what God calls you, calls you out. That's beautiful, isn't it? Now, literally across all of our campuses, with one voice, there are thousands of promisers this weekend confessing that what God calls us, calls us out. And I love it. I love the sound of it. I love what God is doing. And you know, the one thing better than saying it together is stepping actually into it together. Stepping into our calling, stepping into our new names, stepping in the anointing, stepping into to all that God has for us, knowing there's a war and that there is an enemy that will do anything that he can do to pull us away from that which God wants to happen. Welcome, by the way, to all nine campuses. You picked an extraordinary weekend and come worship. If you're a guest, we're thrilled that you're with us. God behind bars, man, you guys are rocking it at Bledsoe, Morgan County. We love you, all of our campuses. Understand, you are a campus, you're a church inside both of those institutions, and you're growing, and God is changing lives, and you are called to, to make a difference in that place. So we pray for you daily. We love you men. All of our campuses, we love you guys. It's just ecstatic to have you again. It's what a great weekend to come. Now this weekend is really about each of us receiving our new name or understanding there are many names that, that God calls us and understanding that what God calls us. And see, God calls us out to a new calling, a higher purpose if you will. And can I tell you, a, a one of those things, and it, this, is gonna, this is so important, so if you're listening, say I am, is to, to walk into the calling, to walk into the new name, to walk into all that God has for you, means that you think less of yourself and more about others. See, we've made a mistake in Christianity the 21st century. We think that the more mature I am means the more Bible that I know. No, the more mature you are, you're going to know the Word of God, but there's going to be some humility, and you are going to be thinking about others. So you want more joy, you want more victory, you want more peace, you want more of God, then you've got to take your eyes off yourself and place them on other people. Does that make sense? In fact, when you were saved, that's what you're called. Now, we called to do. Now, we live in, in probably the most narcissistic, self-centered society in the history of the world. Would you all agree with that? Matter of fact, if you've been following the news all this week, all you've heard about is Harvey Weinstein, whatever his name is. Wienerstein, I don't know what his name is. But here's the deal. We, we've heard more this week about the Hollywood celebrities than the 38 or 39 people that have died in the fires in California. And those people that have lost their lives are far more important than some CEO in Hollywood. Come on, are y'all with me? man alive. But that's our culture. And see, our culture says the more that you can get in the mirror, the more that you can focus on you, the more it's about you, the happier you'll be. And that's what the world says because the world's built on lies. The simple fact of the matter, the more you get out of the mirror, the more you think about other people, the more you got your eyes on Jesus and on hurting people and caring and sharing, and the more joy that you'll have. Does that make sense? And it's just, it's, it's, it, it, it rocks my, it just blocks, blows my mind that in the church, in, in America in the 21st century, it still boils down, it's all about me. 
Now, I thank God for the core of faith promise. I thank God that there's a couple thousand people this weekend and throughout all this week that will serve at all of our campuses, that there are men setting up chairs of God behind bars, that there are uh, people that work with student ministries and small group leaders and kids ministries and, and people that will say, we got some of the best ushers and greeters on the planet. And, and all, that stuff is, all that stuff is going on. And, and, and we're grateful, those people that serve. But most people that come don't serve. Are you with me? The bulk of the people that come don't give because for most people, it's I come to see what I can get out of it. Are you with me? I mean, we ought to just set up high chairs one Sunday. <laughs> Big people size high chairs. Just set them up. You know what I'm talking about? And put spoons so people can beat. Me, 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 me. Are you with me? So I'm sorry. I was... It's not even in the message. That's just free. I can't help it, Kyle. It just comes out. I don't, I don't know. You see, if, God's calling you to a new purpose. Our calling, it's about other people. See, he's calling us to be storytellers. That's about other people. It's learning to share our story and God's story. And, and, and now, do we love the baptism weekends? Man, aren't they incredible? Man, 150 people. Who throughout that week who follow the Lord and believers baptism and, and we love it. But here's the deal. We're called to be storytellers, and if we're not sharing the story, then there won't be baptisms. Because see, baptisms are harvest time after the sowing of the seed time. Now, because we don't have farmers anymore, we don't know much about sowing and reaping. Are you with me? But back when we were in agreement, we got sowing and reaping. No farmer would not sow in the spring and expect to go out in the fall and reap a harvest. Nobody, only us, would expect to, you know, don't know anything about sowing and reaping, to reap a harvest where we haven't planted. Does that make sense? And so if we want to see baptism days that are 500 baptisms, that are 1,000 baptisms, that are the day of Pentecost, 3,000, we've got to be sowing seed. Does that make sense? And you're called a storyteller. Is that right? This week is my bad. Farragut, eight baptisms. This weekend at Farragut. So we're fired up about that. Way to go, Farragut. Man, come on, make a difference over there. Now, last weekend, we ripped off some labels. And a couple of thousand of y'all were on fall break, and we're thrilled that you could go, and we're thrilled that you're back. Uh, and, and so if you missed the message, <clears throat> I want to really challenge you to nab it. But, and we've, we've been talking about labels. But here's the thought about labels. We don't need new labels. We need an identity that shapes our calling. See, because it's what you're called that calls you out. And your identity in Christ, when you, it begins to shape your calling, that you actually will begin to believe the Word of God and believe what God says about you. Now, theme verse for this year is Proverbs 22.1. A good what? A good name is to be more desired than great wealth. In America today, we are so hungry to be rich that most of us would forfeit our names. And yet the problem is if you lost your name, you're not going to keep your fortune. Because, see, if you don't have a name, it means you don't have any integrity. You don't have any character. And so what you get by evil, you lose it very quickly, the Scripture teaches. So a great name, your reputation your reflection, what people think about you. You know, we used to tell our kids when they, when they were teenagers and we leave, hey, your last name is Stevens. You represent this family. You represent King Jesus. Watch how you act out there. 
A great name is to be more desired than great wealth, a good name, and favor is better than silver and gold. Now, young adults, I'm about to shock you. You're not going to believe what I'm about to tell you. It's just gonna, if you're below 30, you're, you won't even believe this. You know, there was a time before there were credit scores. I know, I know. There was a world without an iPhone. It was the dark ages. We rode pterodactyls to church. I got it. But, but there was a day before iPhones and before credit karma and all that kind of stuff. And so if you wanted, a, you wanted credit, it wasn't about your, before credit scores, your name was the only line of credit that was available. Anybody remember that? Anybody, anybody remember that? <clears throat> so the Bible says a good name, and your name, matter of fact, you can still go to the bank right now, and if you have a good name, you can get what's called a signature loan. You can go, tell the bank, I'm coming, I want however much money, and I'm going to sign my name. And you say, that's not true. Well, yes, it is, because I have one. You just call the bank, say, hey, I need $10,000. Well, come, come on by, Dr. Stevens, and sign your name. We'll give that to you. It's called a signature loan. Young adults don't try unless you have a good name <laughs> or a good credit score. And so, see, back, back in the dark ages, there was, a, there was a saying. It goes like this. It, my word is my bond. My word is my bond. See, what was your word? Your word was your name. Hey, that guy will never cheat you. That guy will treat you right. That guy will do this. That guy will do that. I've got a guy I bought a couple cars from sight unseen. I know if he says they're an eight, they're a nine. Are you with me? Because the guy has a great name. Matter of fact, before there was attorneys and contracts, some of you wish. Come on, I can see it right now. Before there was that, a handshake sealed the deal. Two people would walk up and do a deal worth millions of dollars, and they would say, you're going to keep your end? Yeah, you're going to keep your end? Boom, and that was it. Today, the stack of papers that thick takes 12 attorneys on both sides. Are you with me? Why? Because you can't trust people anymore. Because, see, people don't care about their name. But those of us that name the name of Jesus ought to care about our reputations. Are you with me? So... <clears throat> Never mind your net worth. My question is, what is your name worth? Now, if you're new, we're just revisiting our, our theme for the year. Every year we have a theme. And you'll see in a couple of months, we'll have a new book for you at the end of December. It'll have the theme for 2018. It'll have a 31-day devotion we built for you. But, but we did a series called, called Out. And so uh, if you didn't see it, I challenge you to go back online and watch it. They're all there. It's a series called Called Out. Go do it. And listen, it's better than binge watching four episodes of West Wing <laughs> or The Big Bang Theory. Are you with me? Just go, and just, just go back and watch them because we're, we're doing new stuff, but, but we're, just, we're, we're trying to revisit and think about the theme. So do that. Now, it, this Bible, is this Bible still true? Have you ever viewed the Bible as a book of names? Literally a book of names. Half the Old Testament is the prophets. What is that? Books written by and named after Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel and Ezekiel and Micah and Zechariah and Zephaniah and Amos and all those. It's over half the New Testament literally is, 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 a, is ascribed to names. The New Testament, we have the apostles, don't we? 
the Acts of the Apostles. We have Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. Dr. Luke, the only, the only non-Jewish guy in, the, in that bunch. And, and we, see, we see the epistles. We, see, we go back and we see there's a book, uh, Esther, the maid, who, becomes, who becomes the queen. And there's Ruth. Uh, and, and we have this Bible. We, we, we see the story of Mary and we see so many things. See, the, the Bible is a, is a list of stories where God has called people by new names to call them out to higher purposes. Now, some of them accepted. And if you want to see some of the superstars, there's a hall of fame. It's Hebrews chapter 11. And as a matter of fact, it said, the world's not worthy of these men and women. That's what it says. The world is not worthy of these people. These were such stellar superstars for God. But they were called to a higher standard and they accepted. But you know what? We also read the Bible. Some people said no. There are people who said, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not rising. The rich young ruler, we don't, even, we don't even know his name, but we know he chose to not rise up and be what God called him to be. My question to you is, what will you do? Will you rise up to your new name? Will you be what God says about you? Will you rise up because you've been called to a higher purpose, a greater calling? God, you are the giver of all good names. And God, as such, you have called us to step out of darkness and into light. You have called us to step out of the world and into heaven. You have called us to be storytellers, to be, you have called us to be holy men and women. You have called us to be different and unique and separate. You have called us to be powerful and holy. God, you have called us to yourself. Let us, God, in a supernatural way at every campus rise up and be what you say we are and do what you called us to do. Let our identity be rooted and grounded and found in you, not in our labels, not in our cars, our neighborhoods, not in our network, but oh God, let our name, let our value, let our identity be solely found in you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, because that is the will of God. Now, a group of guys were, guys and gals were drinking in England. I'm going to show you a picture of this guy. This guy had a little bit too much to drink, and his friends challenged him, and he went and changed his name. His official name today is Bacon Double Cheeseburger. That's right, there was alcohol involved. Because legally, if he signs a contract, it's Bacon Double Cheeseburger. They say, that's crazy. Well, last year, 100,000 Americans changed their name. And, and, but, but let me tell you what's crazier than changing your name or calling yourself by something McDonald's puts out. What's crazier is not paying attention to the value of your name. Not letting the world ascribe the value to you instead of allowing God to describe the value of your name. He said, but what good is my name, Pastor, if nobody knows it? You know, what, what if nobody knows See, well, you, you, you got you to, gotta, you gotta, I mean, people need to know you. You got to make something about your name. Does that, does that make sense? We said, but, but you really don't. See, if we're faithful in little, God will make us faithful in much. Does that make, does that make sense? We don't like, we're not going to let the world assign our value. We're not, we're not conforming to this world, but we're transformed. Does that make sense? All right, does that make sense? And so you don't need to make a name for yourself because there's no nobodies with God. There are no nobodies. Everybody is somebody. You're the reason he sent his son to die on the cross to pay for your sins. 
to help real people with real problems find real love. I'm not talking about the world's kind of love. I'm not talking about Hollywood. I'm not talking about the facade that's out there. I'm talking about the agape, unconditional love that God has. Does that make sense? See, we were called sinners. And Jesus died on the cross and he paid for our sins. And those of us that have said yes to him, he changed our name from sinner to saint. Because the blood of Jesus covered our sins. And when we, Romans 10, 13, called upon the name of the Lord, he covered all our sins. He nailed them to the cross. He threw them as far as east is from the west. He put them in his back. He remembers them no more. And he now calls us saint. I like saint better than sinner, don't y'all? See, you don't have anything to live up to when you're, I'm just no sinner. Just no sinner, saved by grace. I did nothing, nothing here. Or I'm a saint of God, saved, sanctified, adopted, accepted in the beloved. That's something to live up to, isn't it? Come on, your name matters. See, God is the giver of good names. Our names rest on his faithfulness. Is God faithful? Is God always faithful? Come on, is, see, but if we all believed that God was faithful, wouldn't we all like tithe? I mean, just a question. <laughs> Wouldn't we? If we really believe that, so come on. See, we love to come to church and act. That's why people say hypocrites go to church. Listen, we know we're not perfect, but let's be raw and real. Real people, real problems, real love. Amen? And so our name, if we're going to step into what God calls us, I'm going to give you three names in just a second. The only way that you could step into that is believe that God is faithful. Does that make sense? That, 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 that our names rest on God's faithfulness. They rise from God's character. God's character is above our character, isn't it? God's character is lofty. It is perfect. It is high. God's character, I mean, God remains in heaven. Our God is the picture of perfection. You ever worship God and just tell God about him? In my journal, I'll just say, look at you this morning, God. You are magnificent. You are perfect and perfection, exalted on the throne of God, worshiped, oh God, for a glimpse. Could I just smell the incense off the altar this morning of the prayers of your people? Oh God, come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? See what, man, our God is amazing. Does that make sense? The more you know him, the more amazing he gets. That's the cool thing about God, his character, and it runs from God's power. Is God all-powerful. So what God calls you, then you've got to trust God. And let me give you three things God calls you. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Number one, God calls you faithful. That's what God says about his people. My people are faithful. Now, names matter to God. Would y'all agree with that? Let me prove my point. Let's go back to the Big Ten. Y'all remember that? Moses on the mountain. You might remember that? Charlton Heston for us senior saints. Y'all remember? Come on. We go back. See, if you go in Exodus chapter 20, we get the big 10, and in verse 7, this is what it says. You shall not take the of the Lord your God in, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in what? Do you think God cares about his name? See, I love God's names. You ever, see, if you're ever in your quiet time and you don't know what to pray, just start praying God's names. Just start praying his names. You are Rapha. You're the healer this morning, God. You're, you're Jehovah Nisa. You're my banner. Lord, you are, you're, you're, you're Jehovah Mekedes. You're my righteousness. You're Elohim. You're Adonai. You're El Shaddai. You are the great, the magnificent God. Does this make sense to anybody? 
And see, so, so his name is exalted. And when we think of taking the, name's Lord's, the Lord's name in vain, we think that's cussing. And that is part of it. People use profanity and they throw God's name in with it, which degrades the name of God. But we also take oaths with God's name because our names are not enough in a court of law. We have to take an oath under God's name. Are you with me? Because our names are bankrupt, so we put our hand on the Bible and we swear before God that we will tell the whole, nothing but the, so help me, and then we lie. Is that right? You ever heard somebody lie in court? I'll swear on a stack of Bibles. Swear to God, swear to God. You ever hear people say that? See, the problem is that God's name reflects God's character, and when we draw God's name in and take it in vain, we demean, we actually, we, man, we call, to, we call into question the very existence of the God that we worship when we take his name in vain. Does that make sense? See, his, man, this is, this is big time for him. This is big time for God because his name's, his name reveals his character. So God doesn't take this lightly. And he calls us faithful. So, so what's your name worth? So if we're in a group of people and we're talking about something and somebody brings your name up, does that instill faith in the group? Does that instill belief or does it instill doubt? Does it bring a, oh, man, yeah, boy, wow, or, oh, oh what a dud. Mm, I didn't have to bring that. See, with the, there's no question that God calls us faithful, but my question is, are we? Are we? Are we faithful with our tithes and offerings? Are we faithful? You know, we live in a, man, we live in a culture now where, honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this in, in January, but, but we only come a little less than every other week. Oh, no, Pastor, I'm here every weekend. Check your calendar, would you? Because we'll have weeks where we'll drop 2,000 people on spring break, on fall break, on Thanksgiving. Are, are you with me? Listen, there's nothing wrong with traveling. But how about being here three times a month? It's three hours. Well, I don't know. I'm awful busy. Okay, God calls you faithful. I'm smiling. <laughs> I'm in a good mood. Are you faithful? Are you faithful in serving? Can God count on you? Can God count on you? Because you're faithful. Number two, God calls you holy. He calls you holy. The Greek word is hagiatso, which means to be set apart for an uncommon purpose. There are common, there are common vessels, and there are vessels that are set apart for uncommon purpose for a higher purpose. When you're born again, you became a vessel set up for a higher purpose. First Peter chapter one, verse 14 through 16 said this, as obedient children, well, that's an assumption, isn't it? As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One, talking about God, who called you out, be holy yourselves also in your behavior because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. God calls us holy. Now, now, let me just, I wish I had an hour to unpack this, but we live in today in the church world in America in what I, what's a new term's coming out called hyper grace. And, 
in an attempt not to be legalistic, in an attempt to make everybody feel the love of God, in an attempt to show that how good God is and all that kind of stuff, we've moved so much into grace that we don't talk about sin anymore. Well, we like grace. We don't like sin. I know. Don't care, but I know. So I just want to acknowledge that I realize that. See, we quit talking about people's lifestyles because, well, we want everybody to feel welcome, and we do. That's why we have the most incredible greeters when you hit the door. When you take your kids to kids' ministry, FP Kids, they're incredible people that are serving. They're incredible people loving on your kids right now. There are people that serve you all over. Why? To make you feel loved, make you feel cared. But listen, if we do not tell you the truth, we have not loved you. Grace and truth. Speak the truth in love. We're not ugly, but come on, guys. In an attempt to just to make church where everybody loves it, we quit and welcome. We, we really have, we quit talking about sin. And we quit talking about people's character like it doesn't matter. Have you ever read this Bible? If you're still on the Bible reading plan, we're in the book of Jeremiah. Holy moly. He's, he's bringing fire, and we just finished Isaiah. I'm saying, I'm too nice. I mean, these guys, are, they're bringing the holy hammer. You see, we don't like that anymore, do we? See, here's the deal. I don't care how much you love God. There are things in the Bible God says either to do or not do that you don't either want to do or you want to do. Would you agree with that? But if you are a follower of God and the Bible says don't do it, then don't. Does that make sense? So if you're not married and you're having sex, quit. Amen? Because you are what? Holy. Holy people. Holy people. Does this make sense? If you're gossiping, quit. If you're not tithing, start. If you're not serving, get busy. Because you're faithful and you're holy. Is this right? See, that's why you, you have to start with God's names to believe what God says about you. You're holy. You're holy. I don't care what the culture says. I don't care what the Supreme Court says. It doesn't matter what President Trump says. It doesn't matter what CNN or Hollywood says. It matters what God says. Nobody else. That makes sense before God's eyes. See, God's eyes are the ones. See, can I, I'm so going to run out of time. See, we want everybody around us to be holy. You want your spouse to be holy and set apart for you alone, right? Or do you just want them to have sex with everybody? You want them to be faithful, holy, of course. You want your kids to obey. You want the people you do business with, keep their word, pay their bills. Of course we do. Then we should be the same kind of people. Is anybody out there? See, we want others to have character. We need to have character. We need to be holy people. A good name is more desired than great wealth. See, every day, we sign our names in wet ink. Each day, a stroke of our character. You're building your story. You're building your testimony. You're building your legacy by how you live. People don't care what you say. They care what you do. And mom and dad, your kids, listen, what you do speaks so loudly, they can't hear what you're saying. And in this culture, listen, where we come to church where the average child in Faith Promise Kids Ministry gets checked in 1.3 times a month. 1.3 times a month. That's about 
17 times a year, when they get old, they will never go to church. Are y'all out there? So, come on. Come on. All right, can you stand one more? Are you sure? You look a little beat up. Come on. Number three, God calls you powerful. God calls you powerful. Is there power in the name of Jesus? Is there power in the name of Jesus? For there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall out, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We know that the demons flee in the name of Jesus. We know that by his stripes we are healed, that healings flow from the name of Jesus. We know that salvation comes by no other but the name of Jesus. And if you are a follower of Jesus, people should know that you've got some power in your life. Does that make sense? Maybe let me ask you a question. When was the last time somebody asked you to pray for them? Because they know that your prayers are powerful. Come on. See, you're powerful. The Bible says you're powerful. That I have given you my power. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Does this make sense? 2 Timothy 1, 7. Uh, yeah, chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity or fear, but of power and love and discipline. You are not to be like the world. We are to stand strong with steel and our spines filled with the Spirit of God, walking as holy men and women, following, as Isaiah said, the highway of holiness. And I don't care what the world says is right or wrong. I care what God says, and we are called to be faithful. We are called to be holy, and we have the power to live that life. In the name of, come on, somebody give God some praise in the house. Woo, my mercy. I can just preach this three, cut this and make a whole series out of this. Now, for some of you, you don't have a relationship with him. And so you've not been called into a greater name. Actually, your name is still sinner. Because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so if you've not given Jesus your life and given Jesus your heart, then your name is still sinner. But if you'd like to change that name legally, not to bacon double cheeseburger, but you'd like to change that legally in the court of heaven to saint, adopted in the beloved, if you're ready to give Jesus your, your heart, he's ready to forgive you all your sins. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, we're gonna pray this simple prayer. Pray this with us. Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned, and I'm far from you. Forgive me. Come into my heart. I confess you as my Lord. You died for me. You rose from the grave. Now I will live for you. Help me to be obedient. Help me to be holy, faithful, and powerful for your kingdom and your glory not my own, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, give him some praise at every campus, would you? Wow. Now, as our campus pastors get ready to come up at all of our campuses, let me tell you one thing is they're coming. If you just prayed with me, would you take the communication card out and check the box I prayed with the pastors? Put your name, put your email, put your, uh, just just check the box, uh, just the cell number you answer and we're not going to beat your door down we just want to help you if you're a guest and you still have to fill the communication card out if you do that 
or if you need to sign up for next steps and find out how to, how to get deeper into what God is doing in Faith Promise, that's the second weekend of every month. You can fill that card out. And we're gonna, you got, a, you got about a minute or two as we get ready. So campus pastors, come on at every, hey, by the way, it's Pastor Appreciation Month at every campus. Would you give your campus pastor a round of applause as he comes? Man, we love you guys. Come on.